This is Living While Dying, an ALS story from Minnesota Public Radio News. I'm Kathy Werzer. I knew when we first started talking publicly about his life in the shadow of the devastating and ultimately fatal disease called ALS, I wanted to have a more in-depth conversation with Bruce Kramer about his background. I'd try every so often. I was born in a log cabin (laughs) that I built with my own hands at the age of two. (laughs) Man, I'll tell you, I never get that set up. Thank you. Thank you. Despite the joking, Bruce was willing to give out the usual kind of biographical information. Um, Well, let's see. I grew up in Indiana and left Indiana when I was 25 years old, 26, um, and we moved overseas. I knew a little bit about Bruce, um, but we never really dove deep into his past. When we were together doing our radio interviews or simply visiting, we tended to stay in the present the here and now, because as Bruce would say, his able-bodied past was too painful to think about, and his certain death too soon in the future, too much at times to handle. But I wondered privately what in his background helped him navigate ALS. After each of our radio conversations, we'd hear from listeners who told us they were amazed by Bruce's strength, grace, and candor in the face of the unrelenting downward spiral of physical losses. He'd shrug off the comments, saying that what was happening to him was simply the way life can go, and he made the choice, early on, to embrace his disease. What was curious to me was comments he had made in his blog, a couple of times, about how he was well-equipped to have ALS. That statement puzzled me, until he finally told me about his background, but it took some gentle prodding to do so. Probably sometime during the day, I will come to pieces like what I'm about to play for you. Gorgeous. You look like you had just a transcendent moment there. What do you say? I mean, it's probably what gives me my greatest joy is to be able to listen to music. It's obvious that music is one of Bruce Kramer's joys and deepest passions. You could say it's in his DNA. My grandfather was a musician, quite the musician, quite a piano player. His grandfather had a knack for playing a jazz piano style known as stride. Bruce's mother was also a gifted pianist. Well, of course, I took piano lessons. But really, the first instrument I chose for myself was percussion. I think it was because I liked beating on things. I was just awful. The band director would just say, well, can you keep a steady beat? And I I thought I could. But then uh, concert season came along, and we had a slew of percussionists, and he handed me a bass clarinet and said, why don't you learn to play this? And so I did. And then we had Are you self-taught? Yeah, yeah, I was self-taught. Bruce became interested in music growing up in Indiana. He says it was a pretty good childhood, but it came with challenges. His mother was frequently ill. Her illness has been uh, something that she has struggled with her whole life. When you have something that's recurring and it keeps coming back, it, it teaches you to accept the small victories the little things that 
go right, the single days when it's good take on more meaning than the many days when it it just doesn't feel right. And that is tremendous preparation for having ALS. So I, I think in a funny sort of way, I am beholden to my mother for helping me to be able to handle this the way that I handle it. Bruce and his two younger brothers quickly learned lessons of perseverance and resilience because of their mother's persistent struggles. By the time he was in high school, her hospitalizations were for longer and longer periods of time, which forced him, as the eldest, to start taking care of his family. He learned, for instance, how to cook. I just started using the joy of cooking and um, just kind of started on page one and uh, learned how to cook that way. But it wasn't easy. Here's the cilantro. I think three stalks because we're tripling the recipe. Kramer became an accomplished gourmet chef, passing his skills on to his sons, David and John, who, with their wives, commandeer the Kramer kitchen at least once a month, creating a delightful cacophony of sounds and delicious smells. You know, it's very intimate to feed someone. And, um, of course, we work really hard to back away from that intimacy. We insist that our children learn to feed themselves, but it all starts out with a very, very basic, intimate way. And then, as I have found, as I am um, moving through ALS, one of the things that my kids do is feed me, and my wife does is feed me, and it feels like the circle is closing, coming back around. So food has always been important for our family. Education has also always been important to Bruce Kramer, as it was to his parents and grandparents, all educators. But going to college wasn't easy. Bruce had to work while taking classes, which he says he initially resented, but over time realized how that difficulty turned out to be a gift. It was also in college that Kramer literally found his voice. To sing is a very intimate thing. We, we all are used to speaking with each other, but to hear someone sing is a very different experience of that person. And I chose singing as my instrument because I just felt I had started so late instrumentally that I would never really perfect an instrument like I could as a singer. So I, I became a singer and then went into conducting after that. You also, as a singer, Bruce, when you're in public, you lay yourself bare. I mean, it's a pretty vulnerable thing to sing in public. Oh, man. <laughs> you never feel as good in a performance as you did in a rehearsal. I, I mean, I just really cannot think of a time when I felt perfect when I was singing in public. Yeah, singing is not an easy thing, and you are laid very bare when you sing. It's interesting listening to you talk a bit about your your background. I'm, I'm sensing themes of vulnerability, 
intimacy connection. Have you had to learn all that based upon your family history and background, and you're still working on those themes? I think all of us carry the child we were, the teenager we were, the young adult we were, and on and on as an integrated, more or less part of the person that we are. I I carry those experiences. They shaped me. Uh, They, in many ways, made it possible for me to do ALS the way I'm doing it. And I don't know if everybody has had that kind of opportunity. That explains, I have heard you say that you feel that you are pretty well prepared for a devastating disease like ALS. I never understood why you would say that. And now I think I have a clearer picture. I, I have resented it. I have been angry about it. I've been very sad about it. But in this time, at this place, the irony is not lost on me that I couldn't do this without the preparation that my life my family, my my mother, and her struggles have given to me. And so I'm actually quite grateful and um, thankful that I lived long enough to be grateful. On the next Living While Dying, an ALS story, taking the measure of a terminal disease.